And the Lord has stirred something on my heart that I'm, I'm excited to share with you. Next week, we're going to kick off and, uh, a new message series and get into that. But before that, there's something that, um, that the Lord just really led me to, to, to share with you. And, um, and uh, you know what? Let's take, a, let's take a moment to pray and we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for the wonderful time to be in your house, to be in worship, to declare who you are. And in this very moment, Father, we come before you as your sons and your daughters, as your children, as your church. And you are the head of this church, Jesus. I pray, Father, that you would speak to us in your word. Give us understanding. Help us to see the things that you desire to be clear in our lives. God, help us to feed and to eat and have our souls be nourished and us be strengthened in our spirit. Father, thank you for all that you're doing. I pray your blessing over this time and your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And so this morning, I'm going to share a message with you on recognizing false prophets. And there are several things that the Bible talks about. There are several things. The Bible doesn't just say it one time. The Bible says it over and over and over. It's this constant message that God is trying to communicate with his people. And we are living in a season where it seems like many are preaching false doctrines. And you might say, well, well, that's always been. And you would be right. But we're also living in a season when many people are believing these lies. And you might say, well, that's always been. And you'd be right. But what God is stirring and wanting us to know as a church in this season is being able for ourselves to be able to recognize what is from him and what is not from him. You know, Jesus, early on in his ministry, and he, he began by speaking out about these false prophets and, 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 and helping the people understand, hey, look at this. This is not from God. In fact, Jesus, several times, he speaks to people and wants them to understand because these voices will distract you from what God is really trying to tell you. And Jesus preaches a famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And towards the end of that sermon, he speaks out about false prophets. This is what he says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. He says this, watch, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every tree bears, every tree, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Good fruit, bad fruit. Now, here's the problem, and here's what God wants everyone to understand, and here's why this message is repeated over and over and over again. The problem is people cannot recognize what's a good fruit and what's a bad fruit. In a culture and society where everything has been said, well, good is bad and bad is good, people can no longer see if it's from the Lord or if it's not from Him. Good fruit will produce good fruit, but bad fruit will produce bad fruit. But when you cannot distinguish the two, now there is an issue, now there's a problem. 
When you can't see the wolf that's hiding among the sheep that's and saying, hey, this is meant to be good for you. You know, I love fruit. I've been able to walk through orchards and pick up a fruit from a tree. I don't know if you've ever been able to do that. But for me, it's like one of the most satisfying, gratifying feelings to go up to the tree, pull it down, wipe it off or clean it, whatever, whatever, and then take a bite. It's just like it just came straight from the vine. It's really a special feeling. My wife and I, we have a couple of trees in our backyard. One of them is uh, this nectarine tree. It's, it's produced some, some uh, you know, it's, it's, it's produced before, but this recent season, it produced the best harvest that ever, if we could have ever imagined. I mean, if you compare this harvest to last year's harvest, you're like, whoa, whoa, this is awesome. Like, it was just so, so good. It produced so much beautiful, good fruit and I love nectarines, so I was like winning. Like I just, I just, you just feel good, right? Maybe you've never picked a, a fruit from an actual tree, but I know you have at the grocery store. There's been some time where you picked up a tree, and I, I'm sure you've went to grab a fruit that on the outside it looked good, but behind it it was rotten. On the inside it had a little it had a little worm and you didn't see it and you didn't recognize it. You didn't realize because on the outside it looked tempting and it looked satisfying and it looked like everything that you thought would to be good. And it looked that way. It appeared to be that way. See, often this is the truth of many false prophets. You know, especially today with social media and online clickbait, just they, they, they say something about God's word that sounds right, and the next thing you know, they're teaching something erroneous. It appears to be good, but it's not. And it's leading many people astray, false hope. And it is imperative that every believer be able to distinguish what is from God and what is not. You, we must know, we must know. The yes, this is good. I know this is not. And I, and I know that it, it, it looks good and it sounds right, but there are some things that look and sound, but inside they're rotten and have the power to affect us. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, it says this, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit, right? Referring to the Holy Spirit. Well, they say, yeah, God uses my speech. You must test them to see if the spirit they have, because it's possible that there could be a spirit in them that is not the Holy Spirit, to see if that comes from God, for there are many false prophets in the world, right, warning us. And it's not the only warning. You will look throughout Scripture, and there is warning, there is warning, there is warning, there is warning. Over and over and over again, watch out. It sounds good. It looks right, but it's not. Some will claim to speak by the spirits, the Holy Spirits. And they look good on TV, and they look good on social media. And there's people in line to see them. Like it's a spiritual buffet. They sound right. But it's not from the Lord. The Bible, the Holy Bible, the message from God is warning us to test if that spirit inside of them is from God. Now there's a few points that I want to share with you in recognizing a false prophet. And the very first one is this. Anyone claiming to be God or the focus is more on them than God. 
Pastor, there are people who claim to be God, absolutely. There are people who it's more about them. It's, they're not willing to step aside and allow God to be God, allow Jesus to be the head of the house. It's, it's about them, absolutely. Have you ever seen or heard anyone looking for praise? Or they're, pre- they're preaching from the word, but the focus is really more on them? Do you know this is the very thing that got Satan kicked out of heaven? In Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, and I leave those passages there for you to go and check out. It's in your message notes, and you could take a screenshot or take a picture, whatever you want. But God made Satan to look beautiful. He had the appearance. He had the look. He had the swagger. Isaiah refers to him as the morning star. Ezekiel says he became proud on account of his beauty. Bottom line, Satan desired to be God and was kicked out of heaven. If you come across anyone claiming to be God, that is a false prophet sent to distract you. Now, it could be a preacher, it could be a teacher, somebody online saying something about the Lord. But I want to... I want to challenge you and encourage you and help you to see this because it could also be in a whole other area of life that you may not have noticed or paid attention to. You see, because a false prophet can also be a celebrity or a musical artist. Somebody saying that, hey, you know what, because what they're doing is they're putting out music and they're putting out things, that, oh, you know what, that feels good or that sounds right. And they're putting that out but the core of it and where it comes from is, is, is the devil. You know, and I'll, I'll even go on to say this. There are people that claim to be God in music. There are several artists from different generations. From Jay-Z all the way to who's ever current and going on. And when you feed yourself this, you are opening up doors. You are exposing yourself to what is contrary and not from God. You're you're hurting yourself. You're, You're putting in poison. And if you don't see it and you don't hear it, my prayer is that God would open your eyes and your ears. Because it is everywhere Keep that out of you or you will be infected. Because this is the thing. You come up and you fill up on good. And you, and you, and you, and you come in and your spirit is nourished. And you come and you, you encounter the Holy Spirit. And God does some good things. And, and it's good. And then you leave. And then you go in and you start putting in all this junk. All this stuff you start putting in. You start putting it in, and and then you wonder why you can't stand firm in your walk with the Lord. You wonder why you're always stumbling and why you you, you can't get it together. Stop putting in what is no good. Stop, Stop feeding yourself. Bad teaching, evil music. Words that sound good but are death to your spirits. See, there are those who claim to teach the word of God, but all they do is bring attention to themselves. They believe that they are God's chosen messenger and they disguise themselves. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 through 15, it says this, For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan, him, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It's not surprising, then, if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. Now, God sees all things, God knows all things, and God will judge. But in the meantime, you have to understand where somebody is producing or putting something out that, that sounds good, is trying to meet a need, and you're like, yeah, that sounds right. Okay, okay. But, but where it comes from is not from the Lord. And so I encourage you to be able to see and recognize what's from God and what's not including supporting certain organizations or things out there. Because on the outside, they could tell you, well, well, you know, we're all about the children and helping the kids and all these things. But where does that come from? Over here, this is demonic. It, they, don't, they don't have that on the websites. But over here, this is demonic. And where this has come, and it's come, and it's come. And then over here, expose your family to things that are not from God and see if they don't get infected. You have to know, you have to pay attention, you have to be wise. The Word of God is teaching us to be wise. It's warning us over and over and over, pay attention. What you expose your children to, what you expose yourself to will affect you. If you open this door, something will come in. the door shut how is it going to get in at night do you go to sleep and leave your front door wide open would anything come in if you left your front door open at night something would come in right if you leave it open in your life will it not just affect you but also affect your family Don't leave the door open. Shut the door. God's word is warning us. In the meantime, he's moving and deceiving the masses. Some of it boldly. He's like, I'm Satan. And people are like, people are think, oh, that's cute. That's funny. Others, other, others at times, it's just to feel good. You know, this just feels good. Some of it's hidden, but this is why we must know the truth. We must know the truth. The second area to recognize in a false prophet is anyone adding to the word of God. Anyone adding to the word of God. Now, God's word is clear about changing or adding to it. He's very clear. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2, Deuteronomy 12, 32, Proverbs 30, verses 5 through 6, Revelation 22, 18. Go back and check out those verses later. Screenshot it. It's there in your message notes. Go ahead go, go and check it out. But God's word is very clear about anyone changing or adding to it. And some of you think, well, well, uh, you know, I would know if somebody was adding to the word of God. And maybe you would. But consider the Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons. They believe in Jesus. They will tell you all day that they believe in Jesus. Oh, you believe in Jesus? I believe in Jesus too. But they cannot seem to understand. 
Their minds are clouded and confused. God's word is clear. In Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, it says this, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. The next time they knock on your door, tell them this verse. This is in their Bible too. Verse 7, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. I wonder which one of them believes an angel spoke to Joseph Smith in 1876. And they'll tell you the angel spoke, but it says it right there. Read it to them. It's in the Bible that they have. So they got the Bible in the book and point it out to them. You know, but it's not just about adding or creating another book. You know, watch out for those things, those cults, those false prophets. But it's also the way that the word of God is preached. You know, some will abuse grace. You know, grace is a wonderful thing. It's, it's where would we be without the grace of God? Come on, somebody. But there are several who will pack out buildings and got millions of followers on YouTube and social media and all kinds of things because they will abuse grace. Well, you know, the grace of God covers you. So, you know, listen, I know it's just a season of your life right now. Something you're going through, it's okay. Go ahead and do it. God forgives you. Jesus loves you. So go ahead. You know, it's just a season. Keep doing it. No. That's not what God's word says. If you're in any one of our Bible studies right now, we've been studying the book of Romans, and the word of God is clear. Yes, we sin. We make mistakes. The grace of God pulled you out of the mud and put your feet on solid rock. So now you're walking. There's a possibility you're going to sin and fall, okay? That's a real possibility. It's life. What do you do when you fall? You get back up because of the grace of God, and you keep going. And say you were to fall again. You get back up because of the grace of God, and you keep on going. We don't stay in our sin. Well, the grace of God. No, 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 no. When God frees you from something and you go back to your vomits, trying to make a home in my vomits, well, it's just because the grace of God and Jesus loves me and he forgives me, so I'm going back to my, who goes back? I mean, Proverbs tells us who goes back to their vomit and just stays in there and hangs out and says, well, this is comfy. No, that's nasty. So when he frees you, you move forward. You don't stay over here and hang out in it and, well, Jesus loves me and the grace of God covers me. There are several preachers that preach a message like that. They won't tell you that it's vomit that you're going back to. But the grace of God, it's, it's so wonderful. It's just a season of your life. Just, it's okay. 
there will be a time and you'll come back right. God covers you. You're okay. But that is not from the Lord. In Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 2, it says this, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that the grace may increase? Well, the more I sin, the more God's grace covers me. God wins. No, that is not, that's not what his word says. Verse 2, by no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? How can you live in the vomit if he set you free from it? So we move forward. We got people living a life of sin calling themselves Christ followers. And you know the grace of God does cover us. Just not in that way. Not in this abusing of grace. That is not from the Lord. That is not from his word. But yeah, we do fall. Yeah, we do make mistakes. And the grace of God covers us and picks us right out of it. 1 John chapter 3, verse 9 says this. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. Because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. Do you understand? In Christ, you have a new identity as a child of God. You are his beloved. He is with you. He is for you. How can you step back over and keep making a practice of sinning? Do you understand the difference? One is we sin, we make a mistake. One is that's what we do. I, I, I just do that. Yeah, I love the Lord, but I also do that. So I practice. I, that's, that's what it means. I, I practice sinning. I practice doing the wrong thing. Well, well Pastor, I, I wasn't trying to practice. This is just what, no, that's what, that's what it is. But no, he's freed you from that. So you go, you go forward. The grace of God covers you to come to him. It covers you when you fall. It covers you when you get back up. But it does not cover you so you sin on a regular basis. Intentionally doing the wrong thing. And it doesn't just stop at grace. There are those who will preach a prosperity gospel. Maybe you've heard of it. You know, give this amount right now and you will be healed. Right now, who's got $1,000? Has anybody got $1,000? Give $1,000 right now and you'll get a check in the mail. There are people who really preach this stuff. Okay, where's all my $1,000? Okay, if, okay, where's my $500 givers? Like, I, the, People really do not believe these false prophets. Do not believe these liars. Dressed good, look good, tell you that it's from the Lord. Tell you, hey, you know what? Christians were meant to have easy lives. How is that so? Was it easy for Jesus? Was it easy for any of the Christians in the Bible? Listen, 
if no one is persecuting you because of your faith in Christ, then maybe we're not living something out. The devil got you caught up in all the things and all the comforts of life. Because you're so distracted by that, what are we living out? If you hear someone telling you Christians shouldn't, shouldn't go through anything or life should be, you turn that off. If you hear someone asking you for money and you'll get your blessing right now, turn that off. If you hear someone say, well, well, name it and claim it, turn that off. That fruit that looks good and looks tempting on the inside is rotten. Here's a verse that is abused and misused. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. This is this, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Now, this is the truth of God's word. This is 100% the truth of God's word. The problem is this is abused and misused. That if right now you give this amount, here comes and you won't be able to contain it. Like it's a magic wand that's waved over your life. Watch out for false prophets. You see, this is the truth for God's word. Tithing is a biblical principle. And I know as your pastor, I don't preach on this often. Uh, you don't get no six-part series or, or anything like that. So I, we do teach it in our growth track and our discipleship classes, and I'll talk about this from time to time, but, 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 but not very often. Sometimes I feel like I'm not teaching you enough about these things, but at the same time, you are such a generous church, and you look at everybody around, everybody, I mean, it just... We're able to do so many things because of that. But this is, this is the truth of God's word. He asks us to trust him with 10%. And he says, listen, watch out. I will do more in your life with 90 than you can with 100. He asks us. He showed this is the truth of his word. The problem is when somebody comes to abuse, take God's word and try to get, well, you know what? It's because I need that Rolls Royce. You know, it's because I need that private class. You, because, you know, you, you know, you work for the Lord, so you got to, you, you, you know, there, there, are, there are people who abuse. There are people who are, watch out for false prophets. Watch out from what is not from God. If you hear this preached in a way, and you that is not from the Lord, then turn that off. If you hear, give this amount, you'll be healed, turn that off. And the truth is, many people fall into false prophets abusing the word of God. I need a miracle in my life. If all I got to do is give this, then sign me up, and they'll jump right into it. Don't believe that. Don't be tempted with that lie. Why do so many people fall into that? 
The Bible is so clear about it. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, it says this, For a time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. And instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. If you're looking to hear what you want to hear, you'll find it. You'll find it. And the way that social media works now, just look up one type of video. And then how the algorithm works is that all of a sudden you'll have all kinds of similar topics in your feed. Well, that must be from the Lord. No, that's how the algorithm works. And now you're feeding on something that is contrary to what God's word says. And there are so many people now that don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear the truth about their sin. No, when God corrects us and disciplines us, that's a good thing. His word says that he loves us. When, when you discipline and correct your children, you are loving them. When you ignore their bad behavior and do not correct them and discipline in them, you're cursing them. And there are many who just don't want to hear the truth. They just want to hear what sounds good. They don't want to hear about persecution for being a Christian. They don't want to hear that they need to do something differently. They don't want to hear about trusting God. People will find what their itching ears want to hear. False prophets are at work distracting God's people. The third area to recognize in a false prophet is anyone who preaches the word but lives an unbiblical lifestyle. Jesus was a humble servant. Jesus washed feet. Peter couldn't even handle Jesus washing his feet. He struggled. But when Jesus spoke to him and gave him understanding, he's like, Jesus will wash all of me. Jesus rode in on a donkey. Not in on a Rolls Royce. Jesus came humbly. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. This is how Jesus came. This is how Jesus ministered to the people. This is the example that he's given us. And many preachers will tell you not to sin, but they're having affairs. Many preachers will tell you to tithe, but they're not tithing. Or go down the list. And the Bible says in Titus chapter 1, verse 16, they claim to know God, but by their actions they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. But on the outside, it looks good, and the masses are following what is rotten, and it's infecting them. If their lives don't look God-honoring, then that's a false prophet. Keep your eyes on Jesus, not on man. Keep your eyes on Jesus, not on me. Be able to recognize, pay attention to the things on the outside, the lifestyle, all these things. Does it look like Jesus? If you can't find any kind of match with Jesus, that is not from the Lord. 
The fourth area to recognize in a false prophet is anyone who leads people away from the Lord and denying Christ's identity. There are many things out there, and the devil is getting bolder. I mentioned that before. The devil is getting like, hey, here I am. People are lining up. People are excited. People are worshiping. The devil, he, he, he is out there. There are events happening all across the world. There's been events not even too long ago here at the Cal Expo. There, there are all kinds of things. Devil, the devil is worshipped in all kinds of ways. Some are, some are preaching boldly. Some are slight change. And, and, but watch out for both. Because Christ Jesus came to serve, not to be served. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4, if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preach, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel for the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. And Paul challenges the church to recognize the difference in the teaching. I want to take a moment here on this verse. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus you preach, what? They could be talking about Jesus but really not mean Jesus? Well, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit, Holy Spirit, you received. Meaning, it is possible this. See, you might have thought to yourself, well, I have a spirit. I ask, I plead for the Holy Spirit to fill me, and that's my desire. But how is it possible to receive a different spirit from the Holy Spirit? Pastor, I never asked for a different spirit to fill me than the Holy Spirit. But you do. When you let in and expose yourself to things that are rotten and no good for you. When you open the door, something will come in. That's what open doors are. If you open the door, why would we think to ourselves, nothing will come in? But if you open the door, something will come in. And you can receive a spirit that is not the Holy Spirit. And that spirit will grab you and hold you and hinder you. It'll be like chains around your feet. You're thinking, why can't I stand firm? Why can't I walk this out? Why am I always struggling? Why am I always stumbling? Why am I always being, feel like I'm held back? Why can't I step into it? Why can't I get my healing? Why can't I get the good? Why can't I? What's going on in my life? I just, I want it. But you don't know what's holding you down. Because the door was opened. The good news is that there is freedom in Christ Jesus. There's freedom. And he truly sets people free. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. 
So Paul challenges the church. Go back and read all of 2 Corinthians 11. There's a lot he says in chapter 11. And he challenges the church to really recognize the difference and see the good fruit and see the bad fruit and see the, 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 the bad fruit that really looks good fruit when it's not. You see, God's word is truth. And I get it. At times, it can feel like it's tough to hear. It leads us to change. It leads us to grow. It teaches us to deny the flesh, to pick up our cross. It teaches us to seek obedience, to honor God above everything else. It teaches us to be wise, to be able to look at decisions and say, okay, I see this is here. And I see this is here. Right? It teaches us to stand firm. It teaches us to fight spiritual battles, to love God, to love people. It also teaches us where our hope comes from. It teaches us why God loves us so much. It teaches about who we are in Christ. It teaches us that we're forgiven. It teaches us that God has good plans for us. It teaches us about salvation. It teaches us about heaven. It teaches us about his blessing, about his provision, about healing, about joy, about peace. He teaches all these things that's in his word. Satan, however, has a plan to be the answer to all the worries and concerns of this life. So he says words to make us feel good. He says words to comfort. Oh, just go. It's, oh, it's okay. You know, put, put that song, because you vibe when you got that song on. To, just, to, just put that on. You know, that beat, you know, that or, or that person, they just tell you that, hey, you know what, or if I just give this right now, or if I, it, it, he's, he's lying in so many different avenues and so many media different streams, he's lying. And God is warning his house, stay away. You know, you go to the river and, and you see some shiny gold flakes in there. And at first it could appear like, oh, maybe there's some gold in this river. Let me scoop that out. And you come up and see that on the other side, you see what this is, fool's gold. Be careful what you grab and pick up. Be careful what you let in. Temporary satisfaction. Bible says that Jesus is the living water. If anyone drinks of him, they'll never be thirsty again pursue an intimate relationship with our heavenly father through jesus christ and call on holy spirit call on him read the word of god and begin to grow in the knowledge of god's word on your own open up the bible and begin to read holy spirit give me understanding and then in addition to that, get into a Bible study where the Word of God is taught, where you begin to understand, begin to feed so that you're not lied to, so you recognize the lie, or else be fooled by whatever media pushes out or whatever Google gives you answers to. Let me just Google it and just see. False prophets are in all of it. So here's my challenge. Here's our challenge. This is what the Lord placed in my heart. First, ask our Father. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear the truth and recognize the lies. Secondly, pursue the truth with personal reading and Bible study. 
You must be in the word to know the word. Let me take a moment to pray for us. We're going to close with communion. So I'm going to ask those to prepare the communion. But would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning and this time in your presence, this time to worship you, to encounter you, to call on you, to be set free. Thank you, Father, for freedom. Thank you for your love. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you, Father, for your warnings that are so clear and so consistent to watch out for the false prophets, to watch out for the things that are not of you, to be able to see the good fruit and the bad fruit and to understand that what they produce is actually what they are, that it's not just what's on the outside, but it's what they produce. Oh, Father, would you be glorified? And if any of us, we have let anything in or we've opened the door of anything, if you come today and you say, you know, a few things, three. If you say, I renounce what I have let in. And then secondly, you say, God, forgive me for my actions. And number three, fill me with your spirit and break all chains. There will be freedom today, right now, in this house. I declare that freedom by the authority that the Lord Jesus Christ gives us over you. In your actions, you make it so. Father, I thank you for these communion elements. As we get ready to remember and reflect on what you've done for each and every one of us, Jesus. Is there anybody here today that says, hey, the truth is, you know, I haven't been living right with God. I don't, I don't, I don't really, I can't really say I'm a Christ follower. I, I don't really walk in him. You know. But if he can forgive me right now, then I want to be forgiven. I do believe that the Father sent his son to die on the cross. And that when his blood was shed, that became the payment to pay the price for my sins. And when he rose on the third day, that gives me the authority, that gives me the place to stand firm and to walk in him and to grow in him and to obtain the authority to come against Satan and his demonic spirits. If that's you today, you say, I want to be made right with Christ. I want to I walk with God and I, I want to genuinely get right with him. And if that's you, would you quickly just put your hand up and then down? Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Anybody else? Thank you, I see your hand. Four of us. That's a beautiful thing. Father, forgive us. Forgive us. We don't come today to abuse grace. We come to call on your name and ask you for your mercy, ask you for your grace, ask you for your forgiveness. Forgive us. You know where we've been. You know what we've been doing. You know what we've been thinking. You know what we've participated in. But we believe who the sun sets free is free indeed. So today, in Jesus' mighty name, I pray your forgiveness 
I pray a brand new relationship. And Jesus, we ask that you would grab us by the hand and help us to begin to walk it out. Fill us with your spirit. Teach us your ways. And help us to break all of the strongholds in our lives. Help us to grow. Father, I thank you. Bless these elements and bless this time. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen.